Welcome to Behind the Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing episodes that take you behind the scenes of industry-leading creative small businesses. We'll talk about real life, messy behind the scenes of running a successful creative business in today's world, and hopefully help you combat the perception of perfection within our industry. I hope each episode encourages you to keep showing up imperfectly within your own business and make your own unique impact on this world. Grab a cup of coffee or wine and let's get right to it. Cheers. I'm so excited to have Liz on the podcast today. She is a dear friend, has been a student of mine, and we got chatting just about the photography industry and some things that I noticed that Liz does really well in her business that I feel are things that we can share with the podcasting audience and just have a conversation specifically today around inclusivity and body positivity, just because I feel like that's a conversation that sometimes I think is missing a little bit in the creative industry. Liz was like, why don't we do a podcast together on that topic? And so I'm super excited to be recording this with you today. But before we get into everything, Liz, can you introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Manali. I'm really excited to be here. My name is Liz Hunt. I live in Hampton, Virginia, which is in the Virginia Beach area, Hampton Roads area. I do weddings and seniors. I also do families and I live with my handsome husband and beautiful daughter and two terrible kittens. We live <laughs> about a 15, 20 minute walk from the beach, which is really nice. So I've been spending a lot of time walking on the beach this summer. We're just going to dive right in. Liz, I wanted to ask how you define body positivity. Yeah, I think this is a great question because everybody has a different idea of what it is. There's definitely mm-hmm. some misconceptions. I feel like there is this big push, you know, everybody's preaching, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. I don't know. Have you, have you watched the show Euphoria? Oh, I've seen clips <laughs> about it because okay, <laughs> right. there's this one scene where this character, you know, and it's like a surreal scene where, you know, fantasy and reality is kind of coming together, but people are jumping out of the computer screen, screaming, love yourself at her, you know, <laughs> yeah, I totally related to that. And that was even just mm-hmm. this year that I watched it. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And for me, body positivity isn't just about loving yourself and loving your body and, you know, oh, I think my body's perfect the way that it is. It's more about detaching your personal value from your body. You know, the way your Mm -hmm. body looks doesn't make you a better or worse person. It doesn't make Mm -hmm. you any better or worse than anybody else, you know, and that you can be a physically fit person who wears a size 16, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not always, you know, fitness and size don't always go together. So for me, it's more about detaching those things that are so ingrained in us that, oh, if I want to be fit, I have to be skinny or, oh, if I want to love myself, I have to be skinny. And, you know, that's not always the case. Even if you're not a super huge fan of your double chin, you can accept that you have one yeah <laughs> and that it's okay. You know, that especially in photography, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I like to do a lot of candid photos where my families are laughing together and being silly. And when you're laughing, a lot of times you're going to have a double chin, but I'm like, oh, but you look so happy. And they're like, oh, but I hate the photo. So just helping people be able to appreciate those moments where they might not look Instagram picture perfect, but they can still appreciate what's going on in that moment. Yeah. It's still a beautiful moment. Like currently beautiful, even if if by Mm -hmm. beauty standards, it's not like every hair is like 
perfectly in place. This is a personal thing. I scrunch my, like the bridge of my nose whenever I laugh really hard. Uh And I used to be like, oh man, I'm doing that weird, like nose scrunch thing. But I've over time come to appreciate somebody made me laugh so hard that I did that, you know? So it's just like pulling, I guess, the focus and the attention back to what -hmm. really matters. But I think it really can be hard because society will tell you like, oh, this is what beauty should look like. And so I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you, what has been your journey to come to where you are now? And the emphasis on not necessarily what your body looks like in pictures and stuff and to separate your worth from that and your value from that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So gosh, I hope I can talk about this without crying. (laughs) Take your Um, time. Yeah. 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 So I have like always been, you know, what society would call plus size. Like I never remember being thin. So, you know, (laughs) growing up, like going to the doctor, all of my, like, I remember every single appointment I'd be like, oh my gosh, have I gained weight? Is the doctor going to fuss at me? Cause I've gained weight. And like, I had to go on all these diets as a kid and, you know, always with some of my friends, always just felt like the goofy fat friend and my whole life, there was, you know, just always this focus on my weight. You know, I remember it just being a big concern when I was growing up, like my weight. And it was, you know, I'm not that I want to blame my parents or anything, you know, they were just doing doing what the pediatrician told them to do. You know, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about diets and things in the last 20 years, 30, I'm older than 20, but so, you know, I don't want this to come across like that, but you know, I just remember that being a huge part of my childhood. And I always just thought one day I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to get skinny and everything's going to be great. And, you know, not necessarily consciously I'm going to get skinny and everything's going to be great, but mm-hmm. definitely unconsciously. And you know, I definitely felt like there were problems in my life that would be solved if I lost weight. So about a year after I graduated college, I did, I lost 70 pounds one summer and I was still a size 10, you know, but that was skinny for me. And so a couple things happened. Some of all of my deepest, darkest fears came true at the same time that things, you know, this like glorious, oh, I'm all of a sudden going to love myself and everything's going to be great. All that didn't happen, but Mm -hmm people in my life were nicer to me, you know, and, you know, I'm sure maybe somebody listening to this might say, oh, I'm sure you were putting off different energy because you were more confident, you know, or something like that. But I don't know, there was just a vast difference. You know, I noticed, wow, Mm -hmm. people really treat me strangers in public from strangers in public to my own family members. Wow. This is a real different experience, but I'm still like it almost made me even more sad. So I went through this period of grieving for the former fat kid, you know, who didn't experience this love, but then mm-hmm. also I still wasn't really experiencing that self-love that I thought right. I was going to experience. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, life is just so much better. I was like, wow, this is depressing that even close family members are like suddenly more interested in me now that I'm thin. I'm still mm-hmm. like the same person. I just person, go to the gym yeah. more often, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that was definitely like hard truth to reckon with. I had to do a lot of like soul searching, like we always do in our twenties. So this was like early twenties that I had lost all this weight. And then as many people do, because diets typically don't work long-term, slowly gained it back over a few years. So, but it wasn't like a constant 
not just, oh, I'm just going to gain it back because I was happy and oblivious before. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. like that. But there was like, I feel like there was a period of like me figuring it all out. So that was early 20s. And I really don't even think it was like until I was in my early 30s that I started to feel more empowered and more like that I wanted to change that just not necessarily for me but for Mm. other people too that that wasn't cool and that I didn't have to spend my entire existence trying to figure out how to get skinny and stay skinny you know I wanted to help other people realize that too a lot of that is just marketing from companies who want to sell you products to keep you hooked and then bringing it back to photography I know I've taken a few turns here but So very early on when I first got started, I don't want to give too much detail, but someone had taken my photos and they were supposed to be a portrait specialist. And they had been really hyped up as somebody who was really great at headshots and portraits. And they took my photos and they were all really terrible. And even just working with the person, I felt like they were sticking their nose up at me when we were working together. And I was like, they didn't even try. I feel like they did not even try to pose me because they don't even think that I can look good because, Mm. you know, I'm not super skinny. At least that's how they made me feel. Maybe that's not what they were thinking in their head, but that's how they made me feel. And also it was something where there were like lots of people getting headshots and we all got the link to the gallery and everybody else had like 25 and I had five, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like, we couldn't, there was nothing else we could have done portrait specialist. So yeah. I realized I'm not the only person that feels this way. And I also, this was around the same time that I was planning my own wedding. And when I was looking mm-hmm. for wedding photographer, I couldn't find wedding photographers that posted pictures of fat people. And just to clarify, fat is a neutral term for me. So I'm not trying to be mean there. We'll say larger people if that makes anybody feel more comfortable. But, you know, I'm just looking through all these photographers' feeds and it's just like skinny blonde girls and skinny blonde girls are beautiful. But I was like, how am I going to know that these people know how to take pictures of me? Yeah. You know, are they going to be like that photographer? that did my headshots that just didn't even try. Yeah. You don't want that for your wedding photographer. Right. You want to be able to see yourself in their work. Right. Yeah. 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 And when you look at the statistics of the average size American woman, I was like, obviously there are other size 16, 18, 20, you know, people of all Mm -hmm. sizes get married. Why Mm -hmm. aren't we seeing photos of that? So I decided pretty early on that I wanted to be somebody who showcased people of all different shapes, sizes, races, sexual orientations. Everybody can fall in love and get married and it's beautiful no matter what you look like. So yeah, I love that story. See, this is the thing is you have such a strong why behind your work and it comes through in not just the way that like your website is your social media or like even like how you are with clients. But I mean, I've been coaching you for a little bit of time and I see that in you as a person first, even before a business owner. But thank you for sharing your story with the podcast. I'm sure that there are so many people out there that can resonate with little parts of your story, whether it is due to them feeling the same way, or maybe it could be them feeling just left out in a sense of the wedding industry based off Mm -hmm. of any number of different factors. Like for me, it's been really interesting coming as a photographer who Southeast Asian into the wedding industry that I'm in today, because same thing. There was not a lot of representation of people like me, and there were not a lot of educators that also looks like Mm -hmm. me. It has been Mm -hmm. like my personal backstory and a bit of why I love 
being an educator, but also having this podcast to have different people share their stories too. But I wanted to ask, taking this to the photography side of things, you shared the why behind wedding photography. I also Mm -hmm. know that you do seniors a lot as well. And something that I've noticed that you do is that you encourage your seniors that they don't have to be model material. And so where do you think that pressure comes from and how do you help alleviate that for your own clients, whether it's for seniors or for brides? So yeah, talking about seniors, I taught middle school for four years and high school for six years. So I was in it with those kids and I remember too, just like when you're that age, you always feel like somebody's watching you and you feel like if you mess up, everyone is going to see it and remember it forever. And you're going to be, you know, the kid that fell up the stairs because they tripped over their scarf, not a personal story or anything. Or also the kid that fell down the stairs a couple weeks later. It was fine. I tripped off of the school bus once. Oh, you know, we've all had our fair share of, of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I also remember just feeling when I was in high school, feeling like there was a certain way that I needed to be like, I needed to Mm -hmm. be friends with this certain group of people and wear this certain type of clothes that I could be seen this certain way. You're Mm -hmm. so concerned with your image and it really, it really doesn't matter that much. And I don't want to say high school doesn't matter because high school does matter and your senior photos matter. But when you are, and this is so cliche, I know if any of my seniors are listening to this, they're going to be like, people say this all the time. But once you're out of high school and all that, like who you were then really doesn't matter. And so if I have a client who like already knows that they're different and isn't trying to fit that mold. I just want to encourage that as much as I can. Yes, you do you, Yeah, (laughs) you know? So I do work with them on general tips of things to wear and what not to wear, but I also make sure I tell them that I want them to wear something that feels like them and something that they feel comfortable in and confident in. And when I am in the session itself, when I'm posing, I always make sure to say, Hey, if any of this feels super uncomfortable, please tell me. Or if it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like you, please tell Mm -hmm. me. If this feels too girly, tell me. Anything like that. And most of the time they're fine and they don't and they play along and it's great. But I think just letting them know that I'm open to feedback and that I want to get their vibe for the photos, not just these are the same 20 poses that I always do. So you talked a little bit about how you let people be involved in the process of your posing, how you make sure that they're comfortable with the poses during the actual session. Can you talk a little bit more to how you have intentionally curated your brand to be very inclusive and welcoming to people of all kinds and specific other parts of the photography experience where you keep that in mind too? Because you do a really good job of this. Sure. Yeah. One thing that I have done intentionally in the last couple of years is to make sure that when there is inclusive language that I can use, I use the inclusive language. So if we're talking about weddings, I, on my website, often will say couple instead of bride and groom or wedding party instead of bridal party, just because not all weddings have a bride and groom, not all weddings have a bridal party. And people who wouldn't notice that 
that wouldn't notice that, but I think people who are looking out for that do. And it's a way that I can show inclusivity without, I don't know, sometimes I feel like, especially for people who look like me, when we're trying to be inclusive, it turns into tokenism. And I don't ever want to do that, you know, like, hey, look at this person that looks like this or is in this kind of relationship. Like, yay, I don't ever want to tokenize anybody, but I just want to make sure people are aware that, that I am open and that I will support you and I'm not going to turn you away because you're different. And then another thing too is with my senior rep team, this is a conversation that we actually had when we were coaching is I originally called it a senior spokesmodel program and I launched it and go quite as well as I wanted it to. And I was thinking about it and I had this realization that even just the word spokesmodel didn't really align with my brand. Like I said, people don't have to be model material. I don't want someone to think, oh, if I want to be on Liz's spokesmodel or senior rep team, I have to be one of the pretty girls who already knows how to pose and all that. Like that, that's not the client that I typically book or the client that I typically reach the most. I mean, nothing wrong with those folks. I book all kinds of seniors, you know, who do all kinds of different things. But I realized that for this specific program, that word spokesmodel just wasn't working for me. And so I changed it to senior rep team. Even just that change of language made it feel more authentic to me. I didn't want it to feel like a sorority or a cool girls club. I wanted it to be open to anyone and everyone. So just making sure that language is inclusive, not only in the way I talk on social media, but on my website and then the way I interact with people in real life too. I think photography is such a word of mouth industry. How open and welcome you are to people is something Mm -hmm. that people can tell and how cognizant people are that you come from a different background and yet you are trying to treat them as an equal. I think it does come off in Mm -hmm. the way that you are with your clients for sure. The way that you are even at weddings, I will say too. And yeah, I mean, that goes so far beyond business. I feel like that's just who you are in life. Mm -hmm. But I think it is important to think about that and be intentional about that in your business. And that's not even something that I have been super good about over the past couple of years. And it's taken people like talking specifically about the type of language that is open and inclusive to everyone for me to realize, oh, I didn't intentionally mean to use language Mm -hmm. that would exclude people. That's Mm -hmm. not me as a person, but I did that, you know, and I Mm -hmm. have room for improvement. And Mm -hmm. so this is not to single anyone out. If for example, right now you have language on your website that isn't as inclusive as it could be, that's Mm -hmm. okay. It's just about like, once you hear this, okay, I have changes and tweaks to make sure that the people who are looking for that language see that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That reminded me that it doesn't just apply to using gender neutral language on my website for wedding couples, but even bringing it back to body positivity, the language that I use in my style guide, when I'm talking Mm -hmm. about what to wear and what not to wear, I have seen other style guides that talk about how you can look your absolute trimmest, you know, the clothes that'll make you look, your waist look super duper tiny. And as someone who doesn't have a super tiny waist, I read that and I think, is that going to work for me? Because Mm -hmm. tiny and my waist never go together in the same sentence, unless there's like a not equal to sign in the middle. So not using that kind of language too, and also not assuming that if someone is large, that they want to look tiny not right. taking it upon myself to assume that somebody else wants to be smaller than they are or that they want mm-hmm. to appear smaller than they are. So in true behind the business fashion, I wanted to ask you what is 
one belief that you wish that the wedding and portrait industry adopted or changed what the current status quo is? Yeah, kind of what I was just talking about, the idea that there is one beauty standard and that our clients want to fit that one beauty standard and that we should take it upon ourselves to tuck in their waist and pull in their double chin and define their jaw and do all those little things. So from a personal standpoint, I especially after being a photographer for a few years, I can look at a photo of myself and say, oh, that is Photoshopped right there. As a professional photographer, I can tell (laughs) when photos of myself have been Photoshopped. And there've been times where I like, it's happened a couple different times. And my initial gut reaction is, oh, that's a good picture. And then I'm like, they tucked in my waist there, man, they tucked in my Mm. waist there. So my initial reaction is, oh, and then like, I'm really, but that's not how I actually, and it's okay if I don't look like that. Did you think I looked bad? And that's why I tucked my waist in and pulled the photo into Photoshop so you could adjust my body? Or do you think that I dislike my body? And why is that? You and I are in a lot of the same photography education groups. And we see these conversations come up all the time where someone will have done a session with a plus size couple or, you know, plus size person of some sort. And then the person will say they don't like the photos. And then the photographer is asking like, Hey, what did I do wrong? And all the people in the group are chiming in. Oh no, that person just has issues with themselves. That's just their problem. You did nothing wrong. They need to work on themselves. And I see that and I'm like, Whoa. (laughs) And there one particular conversation that actually got shut down. And I was like, did I do that? But the photographer really had not posed this person in a flattering way. And I know that even that word flattering now is a hot topic too. Some people in the body positivity movement don't even like that word. Like, why do I have to look flattering? Flattering, what does yeah. flattering mean? But mm-hmm. I will say most people don't like to have a double chin in their photos if it can be helped. Most people don't want their stomach to look larger than it is, right? You don't want your arm right. to look larger than it is. Mm-hmm. As much as body positivity as you can be, typically you don't want to look bigger than you actually are. And no shame on this photographer. I think maybe they just didn't know, but they really just had not posed the person in flattering ways. And then I chimed in and tried to say something in a gentle way. And then people were coming at me. (laughs) So I think a couple of things I'd want to change. One, learn how to pose people. I think sometimes I've had photo sessions before where the photographer just said, okay, go stand over there. And then I could tell that I was heavily Photoshopped. And I was like, you could have saved yourself some time if you just told me to rotate my hips a little bit. So taking out the Photoshop, the expectation of the Photoshop and the client expectation Mm -hmm. of Photoshop Mm -hmm. that like I've started adding into my style guide. If you are wearing a garment thinking to yourself, hey, the photographer can Photoshop this, that's not the garment to wear. So the the Photoshop expectations I would get rid of. And then also... Mm -hmm. The idea, like I said earlier, that people want to look smaller than they actually are. As we know, there are little tricks you can do to hide somebody's tummy if that's something they're insecure about or hide their arms if they're insecure about that, whatever. Take the photo from above so that their face looks slimmer. We know there's the trick. So what to do in the moment 
if that is an issue for somebody, but not taking it upon yourself to assume that's an issue for somebody. And I've actually had to learn that lesson the hard way myself. So I was shooting a wedding one time and it was the point in the evening where there was a lull in activity and people were taking couples photos and I was walking around and taking some photos for people. And there is a trick called the turtle, if you've never heard of it, and it's to help with the double chin. Everybody has a double chin sometimes, particularly if you like lean back away from the camera when you're taking the yeah. photo. So I was taking a photo of this couple. They were both a little bit taller than me. And it was also, it was really laid back. I think I was just feeling a little too comfortable, but I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to teach you a trick called the turtle. And I was just very open with what the turtle was and what it's for and not realizing that I was actually offending them in the process saying, Hey, this trick helps with double chins. But I thought, well, I'm teaching them this cool trick that they can use in the future. Mm -hmm. And then the boyfriend actually came up to me later and was like, Hey, what did you mean by that comment? And I was shocked and appalled and felt like my jaw hit the ground. And I just didn't even know what to say because I don't ever want to make people feel bad about themselves. I wanted them to see the photo later and like it and see, and then this is me. I'm assuming they don't want the double chin in the photo. So Mm -hmm. I'm still unlearning these things to myself, not to assume things about other people. So that also told me like, okay, if I'm making those adjustments when I'm posing, I'm not going to say, Hey, you have a double chin. Let's do the turtle. You know, learning how to make those adjustments without making somebody feel self-conscious about it. And I think that's something that every photographer should learn when they're posing. Somebody does something awkward when they're posing. Don't say, Hey, you look awkward take the picture and then say, okay, now I'm going to move you into this pose. Like never actually say you look awkward. Those two things I would change are putting our own beauty standards on other people and that expectation of Photoshop. So one thing I just want to mention that I do going back to how I apply that to my own sessions and like my own client experience is I'm very upfront with my clients that I don't Photoshop. I'm like, Hey, I will pose you in a way that will get your best angle and make you look your best as you are. Mm -hmm. But I don't do a lot of Mm -hmm. Photoshop, but I do let them know. I'm like, Hey, if there's one where you're like, Hey Liz, I love this one photo, but my arm just looks real weird. Can you fix my Mm -hmm. arm in this one photo? I will, because I understand I get it. But just, I think being upfront and being open about it on social media too, my reels and in stories and in posts, just about how I feel about that. So the clients that are coming to me know that I've even like, I've had friends book other photographers because like the other photographer will Photoshop them. And I'm like, yeah, girl, go get it. You know, go get that way tucked in. Sending you their way. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. You ask people either before the actual portrait session or at the beginning of the portrait session, if they are insecure about anything specifically, do you ask them that? I do have it in my senior questionnaire and I have found I Just having done both where I've asked Mm -hmm. them in the questionnaire and then asked them in person at the session, I think it's much better to ask them beforehand so that they're not thinking about their insecurities first thing, you know, like, what do I need to worry about? Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've talked about that before about automating as much as possible, but as prepared as you can be for the Mm -hmm. session. Yeah. And I, I'll even ask, you know, I'm like, Hey, because I have some repeat clients who are fellow plus size ladies who are body positive and all that. And I'll be like, Hey, just before we do this, just curious where you fall on the spectrum. Like basically asking them, do you want me to do intense posing to make sure that I'm hiding things and tucking things? Or are you cool with the more candid stuff? Like I, and I ask it in a much more 
eloquent way. But but yeah, being upfront with that stuff before the session takes place so that there's no expectations that aren't met. So I've already paid this person money and now they're saying that they're not going to do this thing that I thought they would just do anyway. So yeah, I love that. And I wanted to end on a really special question, but I know that you recently became a mama to a little Lily Bean who just yes. turned, she just turned one. She's one. Uh, she's like the cutest baby ever. I know all babies are cute, but she's so freaking cute. But I wanted to ask, <laughs> what do you hope that she grows up knowing and believing about herself? Yeah, I'm excited that this is more of a conversation now that there is more of a movement now of health at every size and you don't have to be a size two to be beautiful and obviously we want her to be healthy Dave Mm -hmm. and I are both larger folks so we have talked before for weight will probably be an issue at some point for her. It breaks my heart to even say that. But I, like I said earlier, I don't ever want her to attach her personal value to her weight. I don't ever want her to think that we love her any more or any less based on what she looks like or what size clothes she's wearing that year. And I want her to have a really great relationship with, I want her to be able to enjoy food healthy food, foods that are treats without guilt. Like I want her to be able to enjoy an ice cream cone without Mm -hmm. idolizing the ice cream cone and enjoy broccoli just as much. And I feel a lot of the diet culture that for most people is very well intentioned, but it actually gives us an unhealthy relationship with food. And I really, I want her to learn how to fuel her body and learn what she needs and what makes her feel good you know, what kind of exercise, what kind of movement makes her feel good, not what she feels like she needs to do. Like when I was growing up, like I was actually talking to one of my senior clients about this past year. So if you're listening, you know who you are, but like how, when I was growing up, I felt like I had to play softball and volleyball because that's what the cool girls played. So if I wanted to be a cool girl, I needed to be really good at softball, but like, I want her like whatever kind of movement she loves and wants to do, I want her to do that. And I think she'll be able to. I'm really excited for her to grow up loving herself, like (laughs) the love herself, or at least learning how to take care of herself without feeling like she needs to be something that she's, that something else. Yeah. I love that. I really hope that she dies. And I feel like you're going to be a great person who nurtures that belief and that idea that she can be. So I'm super excited for you, for her. Yeah. Yeah. But if people want to follow along with you online and keep up with you, where can they find you? I am most active on Instagram at Liz Hunt Photo. I'm also on TikTok and Facebook. Same thing, Liz Hunt Photo. Yeah, we will have that in the show. But Liz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having this very behind the scenes, like real raw conversation. And again, sharing your story with it. I hope that it resonates and somebody else seen and heard and acknowledged as well out there. Thank you so much for having me. Always. If you're loving this episode, I would love for you to swipe a page or two out of my free resources library. I have a free class all on the systems you need to quickly grow your photography business. I cover three key systems that you need in place to be able to grow your business and triple your wedding bookings and go full time in less than one year. I also have another freebie just for you. I am letting you swipe my booked wedding client questionnaire. Be sure to go to Manali Photography 
www.sarahmartinsmedia.com or see the show notes to grab either one of these two freebies and I can't wait to see how it helps you grow your business.